Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Dara L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, um, January 10th, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 54, reading the second paragraph only. Imagine life without faith through at least so the chemist said. Um, Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Nancy T. from Idaho, the 12 Traditions, Evelyn B., Um, Rachel P. is the reader of the text today, Ramona A. is reading A Vision for You, Um, and uh, yeah, thank you all so much for that. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, January 9th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting are 19,834. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,835. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Nancy T. from Idaho to read the 12 steps of OA. Go ahead, Nancy T. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to be of service. 
Thank you so much, Nancy T. Um, I will now ask Evelyn B. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead and read for us, Evelyn. Oops, um, Evelyn, press star one to unmute, please. So, Dara, um, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Excuse one. me, this is Nancy uh, P. I'm sorry to interrupt. I um, my, There was something wrong with my phone. I just wanted to let you know that I was um, here. Nancy, look, uh, thank you, but we're all set. Go ahead, Evelyn. Okay, sorry. All right. Um, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of prop money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Eight, nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I thank you for the opportunity to do service. Thank you for reading for us, Evelyn. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you have done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Today we resume our study of the big book on page 54, the second paragraph, beginning with Imagine Life Without Faith through at least so the chemist said. And Rachel P., will you begin reading for us? Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recover Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania, outside of Philly. Um, Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life. Of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line as the shortest distance between two points. Yet there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seemed more intelligent than that. At least so the chemist said. So when I read this paragraph, what I hear is, um, you know, this perspective of, of meaninglessness and just how um, short-sighted that is. And I was somebody who was in that place of meaninglessness for a, a long time, better part of a decade in my life. Um, and I'll say it was a very dark place to live. Um, you know, we don't know exactly, you know, I can speak for myself. I don't know exactly, and I don't think I'll ever know what higher power is, you know, um, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I, despite that not knowing, you know, now in my recovery, I take the action anyway. I, I choose to believe, I choose to engage in this action that is faith anyway. You know, um, previously, when I was, when I did identify as an atheist, my point of view was, so I don't know, therefore it doesn't exist. You know, and I, I always attributed the, the word faith with blind faith. But for me, those two were synonymous. And, um, you know, and now I have a different perspective as the result of working the steps you know, coming into these rooms and seeing that this program, these steps works for people, that is faith, you know, and to, to grasp onto that sense of hope and to take the action anyway, despite the not knowing, created in me a purpose, created in me a better life, a much better life. So therefore, that's evidence for me and I, I choose to believe you know and and the previous this previous attitude of you know life is meaningless there is nothing um it didn't serve me you know it was solely based on self and and now you know thanks to these steps i have a perspective you know of, of a life based on on god and based on around you know serving others um and i you know i, I try to get out of self as best i can with these steps and um, I'm so grateful for this this new way of life. And, you know, I'll also share, like, I'm a cancer survivor. When I was a kiddo, I had leukemia, and I was, I almost died. You know, my parents truly thought I was going to die, and then I you know, miraculously went into intermission, or into remission, rather. And and just for me, this, you know, just to, to reflect on this and just to say, like, I'm alive. So grateful just to be alive. Um, really connects me with higher power and, and just to celebrate, you know, just that I'm having a human experience, right? I love the phrase that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. 
um, is really meaningful for me and to appreciate, you know, life and to appreciate faith. Time. And I'm so grateful that these steps have brought me to that. So I'll pass with that. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Rachel T., for getting us started and for your share. Although we value everyone's experience, strength, and hope, this meeting requests that you limit your sharing to every third day to give everyone a chance to share, which means if you shared Friday or Monday, um, please hold back today to, to give everyone a chance to be heard. Um, so who would like to share next? Press star one to unmute. Charles H. Lisa, Lisa M. Linda D. Nessia P. Nessia R. Nancy P. Okay. Um, I'll tell you who I got. So I got Charles H., Lisa, Linda D., Haya, Nessa, and Nancy um, P. So who did I miss? Barbara Z. Okay, Barbara Z. And I think I can take one more. Kelly S. Okay, perfect. So um, I'll tell you who I got. And if I missed your last initial, please make sure to give it when you share. Um, we have Charles H., Lisa, Linda D., Haya, Nessa, Nancy P., Barbara Z., and Kelly S. Go ahead, Charles. Get us started. Thank you very much, Dara, for your service. Uh, I'm Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. And back in Bill's story, when he was, you know, he was kind of like not believing, like Ebby, right? You know, from like, as soon as Ebby said, I got religion, and I get that because, you know, I, I'm an angry believer, right? So, like, how, like, I think it was page, maybe the beginning of page 12. I'm not a thumper, but, you know, I get it popping. But how blind I, I have been, like, something like that, how blind I was. It was and then on page 47, and we agnostic, it says it was only a, a matter of being willing, right? And, and we hear on this line, willingness is overrated, you know, desperate. Lack of power is my dilemma, right? So, like, you know, it, it talks about the text. Let me work the text. It talks about imagine life without faith, right? And, and like, seeing, right, we can't see y'all, but we can hear you. You know, you know, people believe in all types of things, Santa Claus, food, you know, uh, genies, witchcraft. We believe in all types of things. You know, it was just a little bit of faith or desperation and or, right? Like, because I, I, I've seen a lot of you guys in person, and I hear you. And, they, and, and so I would, so there's eight words in We Agnostics. I'll give you a couple of them. The obstinacy, right? Um, doubt, handicap. You could study the chapter on your own, because I, I, I do. And, like, it's not in this chapter, but belligerent, right? Belligerent. It made me uh, uh, doubt everything. You know, reluctancy, right? Rebellious, you know, made me doubt everything. I know for a fact most of y'all are doing this thing, and I trust y'all doing it. So I'll close with this. Trust God, clean house, and help others on a daily basis. This ain't no permanent. This thing is rented, and the rent is due every day. And, and, and the most important part of it is just... You know, most of us say we believe, but we don't believe in this process. Faith without work is dead. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Charles H., for your share. Um, so, Lisa, you are up, followed by Linda D. Lisa, go ahead, and if you could give your last initial, that'd be great. Sure. Hi, Dara. Thank you for your service this morning. It's Lisa N., and I'm from Wisconsin. Great. And um, I just... I thought, wow, imagine life without faith. 
always had faith in something. I had faith in my mother. I had faith in food. I had faith in a friend. I had faith. I had faith in everything until I couldn't have faith in them anymore. And I, because they're, they're just human. Um, they're like me. And I didn't have any faith in myself at all. But I did have faith in God. And even as a little child, I did. I believed there was a God. And I believed God was helping me. And I believed I could hear and I could feel God's presence. I believed all of that. So I always felt like I was fortunate in that because um, because it was it was always there. The only thing I didn't have faith in was that God could help me lose weight. And um, so I was, to me, I was like one of those people that maybe everybody looks at and says, it's kind of, um, not daft, but <laughs> just kind of naive or whatever. And um, and that was okay. I guess I, I always felt like I wasn't very smart, but that at least I believed in God. And I, to this day, I believe that faith, the faith I have is a gift from God. It's not anything that I have done or, I mean, I had that as a little child, so I wasn't doing anything. I just had it. So I believe it's a gift. And I believe that this program is a gift from God for me. Maybe just because I believe. I don't know what it is. Why do I get this and other people don't? I don't know. But I am truly blessed and I believe that iron sharpens iron. And that's God's whole plan with us in this fellowship and why we get to work with each other because we help each other in a, in a really profound way. Um, so I, I just feel I got tingles in my legs because I really think of you guys as so important to me. I learned so much from all of you. Um, so I look forward to your shares and thank you for this meeting and thank you for being here. That'll pass. Oh, thank you, Lisa, and so much for your share. Um, Linda D., you're up. You'll be followed by Haya C. Go ahead, Linda. Oops, Linda, uh, press star one to unmute. Sorry, I screwed up the phone. Um, this is Linda D., and I'm from Connecticut. And I'm recovered. I'm not cured, but I'm recovered. And um, the paragraph that talks about imagine life without faith, I don't have to imagine it. I lived it. It was hell on this earth. Uh, this disease ripped me in half. I didn't even know about the program until I was 38 years old. That's a long, long stretch of wandering around like a lost soul, because I was a lost soul. As far as I knew, I was a lost soul. I could not figure my way out of this. It's not an intellectual program. It's good to have a good mind, a good intellect. It's a wonderful thing, but that's not what the program's about. To me, the program is about love. And I'm using something I'm not used to, intuition. It's a whole other set of skills. It requires, for me, a lot of practice. And today, I have one month 
in my 10th year of being recovered. And that is a testimony to the power that is much smarter than I am, that runs this universe. I'm dazzled by it. It's a thrilling, thrilling um, experience. And it took a lot of hard work. It took a lot of practice. And talk, uh, somebody was talking about choosing to trust. Now, that's a really good uh, point of entry. Choose to trust. See what happens. Experiment. And, and someday, my God, it'll blow your mind. It's so wonderful. Is it hard work? It's very hard work. I have to face a lot of fears because I don't know how to live a trusting, healthy life. I was very self-destructive. I don't want to be self-destructive anymore. And sometimes I don't know, oh, gee, that doesn't work. Don't do that. It's wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful program, and I'm so grateful to be alive, uh, no matter how difficult it may be at times to learn these new skills, and it is. They didn't, uh, they're not kidding when they said trudge. Is it all trudging? No, it's not, but it is dazzling. God is, what an immensity. Wow, what a show. Thank you. It's very well worth it. Thanks for all your help. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. Um, okay, so Haya, I think I might have your initial wrong. Um, so you'll share it with us when you share, and you'll be followed by Nessa R. So go ahead, Haya, and sorry about that. No worries. Hi, everybody. This is Haya P. P as in party. Haya is spelled C-H-A-Y-A, but it's, I think on the list it might be. Yeah, that's how it's spelled on the list. I'm very, very grateful, recovered, um, not cured, compulsive, reader, bulimic, and restrictor, and I live in Colorado, um, where it's bright and early in the morning. Um, I really just want to welcome anyone who's new or coming back or struggling. Um, life is really quite a journey, and um, Overeaters Anonymous really, really, really is an amazing, amazing, amazing fellowship and program of recovery. Um, and I was thinking about, um, and if anybody is new or newish and kind of freaking out about the whole faith God thing, that's what we're studying right now. I can tell you that when I got here, I was very young. I was like 18. Um, and, uh, it freaked me out that they talked about God and faith. Um, but I did find that people who were happy, who were not sticking their faith in the toilet or eating out of the garbage um, or making resolutions every Monday, you know, that they were happy. Um, they were in healthy bodies and they talked about God. They that Those people talked about God. They talked about sponsorship, the 12 steps, and they talked about God. And so I, I just became willing to entertain the idea. And I, I love what this paragraph said. You know, it said, imagine life without faith. It wouldn't be life because life is both we use our own reason and our own thinking. Um, and then and then there's and then faith when it it, you know, it's nowhere else to go. Um, I'm a therapist professionally. And, you know, sometimes that spiritual element is the only place um, to find the healing 
Um, and But it doesn't say life is only life and not reason. And that's where, you know, we'll read later in the book where our thought life, you know, gets to be on a different plane. And um, so there's just so much hope here. There's so much hope. And um, I'm just very grateful for a woman many, many, many years ago who stood at the podium of an AA meeting and said, you got a problem with God, you've got a problem. And what that gave me was an invitation to see if there was a way that I didn't have to have a problem with God. And just by that willingness, I was graced with, um, you know, with an opening that has just expanded over the, over the years for which I am extraordinarily grateful. Um, (laughs) As a woman who's given birth five times and raised five kids and been married for a while, like, Oh my God, I say this on a daily basis. I don't know how people do life without God. And um, well, I know what I was doing life without God, and I'm just grateful that I don't have to live that way anymore. Thanks for letting me share. Great. Thank you so much, Haya P, for your share. Um, Really grateful. Um, Nessa R, you are up. You'll be followed by Nancy P. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, so I've always had faith in God. And so when I got to this paragraph, this paragraph, this chapter, um, I didn't think it applied to me. You know, like, okay, I got this. Um, but in, in learning this chapter, which took many, many years and many, many passes at it, um, I, I've learned two things. Um, mainly. One is that we all live by faith, um, whether we think we do or not. We all live by faith. uh, And this is, uh, you know, sometimes um, actually um, spelled out explicitly in the chapter, you know, whether it's faith in money, uh, faith in science, in reason, in logic. um, You know, it could be faith in you know, the power of popularity or prestige or, you know, whatever. We all live by faith. And the other thing that this showed me is that um, I need a faith that works. And that was the problem with my faith. And that's the problem with the faith in all these other things, you know, science, money, you know, beauty, you know, nature, whatever. You know, like, we all need a faith that works. Uh, or at least I, as an addict, need a faith that works. And my faith didn't work, um, mostly because I misunderstood what my relationship with God should be like. And, um, you know, this is what I have learned in recovery through the process of putting down the foot entirely and working the steps so that I, my existence became uh, or transform from self-centered to God-centered and, and other-centered, you know, to live life on God's terms. Um, you know, it's, it's, this life is not about God doing what I want and giving me what I, what I desire. It's about me doing God's will. That's why he put me here. And once I start living my life in that way, like, God, what do you want from me? What can I contribute? How can I help others? Um, that became a faith that worked that got me out of the the misery and depression that I lived in that got me of course out of the food and the mental obsession about the food um, and gave me my happiness 
um, you know, in pursuing my happiness, um, I obviously was excluding everybody else but me. And I was supremely unhappy. And now that I'm not focused on my own happiness, and I'm focused on the happiness of others and the needs of others um, and the will of God. Now I am truly happy, but in a way that I could have never, never imagined. That's why the promises says we will know a new happiness and a new freedom, because it's not the happiness or the freedom that I that I that I had envisioned. Um, um, Time. You know, and it's, thank you. And it's just uh, you know so much better than 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 what I had planned for myself and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Um so before Nancy P, Barbara Z and Kelly S share, I'm just gonna let anyone know who joined us a little late that we are on page fifty four of the big book, the second paragraph. Imagine life without faith through at least so the chemist said. Um so go ahead Nancy P and share for us. Thank you, Dara. Um and I apologize for being late, my phone didn't work, <laughs> so I'm on a landline. Um, uh, this is Nancy P. Recovered in uh, today, LA. So I actually love the idea of whirling nowhere and meaning nothing. I am humbled by the hugeness of the world I live in, especially the stuff I only see in pictures, miraculous pictures that are published from the Webb Telescope or the Hubble Telescope, places like that. There's just so much out there, and I like the idea of the universe being so big that it's impossible to understand. I like being a very small speck in a really huge universe, because I used to feel the opposite, that, that like I was the universe and everything else didn't matter. Everything else was like a, a speck. And, um, you know, I didn't make many friends that way. Today it makes me happy and kind of keeps my ego a bit more in check, and I can always use that to feel like I'm a speck. So for me, not understanding is the whole point. Then I can proceed with the growing and changing part of my life-sustaining recovery. I don't need to know how it works to be on the road of happy destiny, like I don't need to know about my phone, although now I want to smash it (laughs) a bit. Um, You know, I'm an agnostic, and I don't feel that being agnostic is a hindrance in my recovery, something to change because it's holding me back. You know, I'm out and proud about it, and I'm not the only one for sure because they all call me. I'm not a very faithy person or a very goddish person, but the whole thing depends on having something. So I had to get over this this God hump. And as long as I'm moving forward, taking what comes always as opportunities to grow in understanding and effectiveness, I know I'm okay. I I know I'm okay because I evaluate nightly by doing an 11-step inventory. And the conclusion is that I haven't hurt myself with food in over five years. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I'm spiritually awake. I help other people. I practice the principles of the 12 steps. I comprehend the word serenity, and I know peace. Check, 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 check. I've gotten rid of what doesn't work in favor of what does. I will always get rid of what doesn't work in favor of what does. And if I'm missing something, I can't see what it could be. And the only constant is this thing that makes it all possible. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. First, last, and always. With that, I'll pass. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Um, Barbara Z, you are up. You'll be followed by Kelly F. Go ahead, Barbara. And Barbara, you'll just need to press star one to unmute. Uh, yes, uh, go ahead, Barbara. 
Yeah, okay, sorry. Hi, my name is Barbara G, and I am calling from Paris, France. And uh, I I wanted to talk today, not just because the paragraph that we're discussing and studying is uh, very important, but also because today it's a, is, a, is an important day for me, because 23 years ago, I entered for the first time my uh, the OA rooms, and that is in, engraved in my heart as the most important day of my life because I remember well how my life changed forever. That date does not correspond to the date of the beginning of my entire abstinence because it took me it's 18 years to get to the entire abstinence. But in relation to the topic we are discussing today, that power greater than myself, that believing in something greater than myself started on that day because that was the day when the morning after I went down on my knees and I just I called upon this power even if with with a faith that I had never had before because you had already taught me by entering in those rooms that there was something that I could not do by myself that specific thing that I had tried to do by myself for so many years, stopping, binging, and purging, was not possible. It was not something that I could do. And that brought me that day to just go on my knees and ask for help. And that was the day when, by the grace of this incredible, mysterious, miraculous power, I stopped purging and I never went back to that. Again, it took me many years to completely surrender because food is insidious and baffling and cunning and powerful as much as alcohol. But my journey with my higher power started then. And uh, I like to look back and see how all the pages of my journal that I wrote to my higher power ever since and how our relationship has grown, but how our relationship needs to be nurtured every day. And um, I think that's all I have today. And uh, it's a heart full of gratitude because of this journey. It's a heart full of gratitude because of this power in my life and because of all of you who are really, really, really allow this recovery every day. And I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Barbara G., um, for your share. Really appreciate it. Um, Kelly S., go ahead, and then I'll take another list of names. Hey, guys, it's Kelly S., um, Kelly with an EY, in Oklahoma. Thanks for your service, Dara. Um, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater, and bulimic. And um, I just really wanted to share on this paragraph because um, it made me think about, I'm a medical provider, and um, this whole... Um, COVID thing, you know, that, that, that's happened to all of us came up in our lifetime and um, the whole new idea of plague, it talks about in the book, avoiding plague, right? But what I find so interesting is like, so in the medical world, you know, this is a whole new virus and nobody knows anything about it. And so, you know, people are getting sick and dying. And so we, they come up with the, the scientists come up with all these medicines since I've been doing this and, and vaccines, but really these treatments that, that based on, on past studies, no, 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 no recent studies, obviously, these things should work, these treatments, people are dying, so they're willing to try them, because from what they think they know, right, and what medical uh, theories show them, and then now there's this new antiviral, and every day people that test positive for COVID are like, I'm like, okay, we have this new antiviral, based on 
theory, medical theory, this is what it's supposed to do. Based on, on what they think will happen, here's what's all the interactions of your medicine. We have to check all these interactions. I have to give people six pages of side effects of what possibly could happen. But based on what we know medically, we think this will work. People are like, I'll take it, prescribe it, where do I get it, right? Because they don't, they don't even need proof. They're sick. They're like, I'll take it, I'll do it, whatever. You're telling me based on medical theory it should work. So they do it. So then it's, I think about this myself. And all of us coming in here, you know, it's like we're sick, we're scared, we're, we, we don't know what to do. We tell people, tell me what to do. And they're like, well, based on this spiritual theory that I have proof, we have proof based on this book's been here since 1938, based on what everybody's been sharing on these meetings, based on the fact that this program has a lot of proof that it works. I'm like, well, I don't know, you know. And so just today, I just think to myself, you know, for the newcomer coming in, this is a spiritual theory, but guess what? We have proof. Like was just shared by several of us today, you know, I no longer am 125 pounds overweight. I'm not 20 pounds underweight. I'm not binging and purging. I'm free today. You know, I'm learning to live life as a, as a, a functioning human being. And, you know, this spiritual life, it is a way of life. And you're coming in going, I just have a food problem. Well, guess what? Here's the treatment. I'm giving you a prescription. If you're dying, if you're desperate, Grab it. Don't ask questions. We've got proof. Work this program. I promise you. This book tells us over and over, expect a miracle. It happened for me. Glad to be here. Thanks, Dara. Uh, thank you, Kelly S., so much for your service. Um, so once again, we are on page 54, the second paragraph, Imagine Life Without Faith, through at least so the chemist said. And although we value everyone's experience, strength, and hope, this meeting requests that if you shared Friday or Monday that you hold back to give everyone a chance to share. So who would like to share next? Naomi Christina B. Christina J. Christina J. Did you get Naomi? C. Yep, I did. Okay, um, dear, thank you. So, okay, here's who I got. Um, hold, hold on one second. So I got Naomi B., Christina J., uh, Christina J., someone from Pennsylvania, and Silvana. Who did I miss? Trisha C. Leslie C. Okay, so uh, let's see. I'm going to just tell you who I got. I got Naomi B., Christina J., Trisha C., someone from Pennsylvania, Silvana. Silvana G. Uh, okay, great. Got you, Silvana G. Um, and then if there's time, I did hear Leslie come in at the end. So who's in Pennsylvania who introduced themselves? That was, I think that was me, Silvana G., Oh, great. Okay, yeah, that is. So um, so here's what I got. Naomi B., Christina J., Trisha C., Silvana G., and then Leslie, we definitely will have time for you. Um, go ahead, Naomi, and, and oh, good morning. start off sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, family. You know, um, when I first, as it was said earlier, when I first um, came into program and I saw this chapter, we agnostic something, it, it didn't, oh, I'm sorry, this is Naomi B. Uh, from Pennsylvania, and when I first uh, saw this chapter, we agnostics, which means without knowledge, I thought, no, that doesn't apply to me because I have faith. Yes, yes, I have faith. And then here, imagine in the first sentence, it says, imagine life without faith. Well, my faith was in a hoagie. My faith was in a, faith was in a bag of Doritos. Until I came into this wonderful program, it's coming up, God willing, 
11 years in February. And as someone said about age, I was 65. I'm just a young chicken. I was 65 when I discovered this program. What a transformation. It has just turned my life completely around. And I even went as far as having the lap band surgery. And that didn't work because the problem was not my stomach. The problem was my brain. And it's such an amazing program. And I know for myself, I don't feel it's a lot of work. It's such a pleasure. It's such an honor to trudge this road of happy destiny with my fellow OA members and friends and family. It's just, it's such a joy. And when situations come up, because they do, life does not stop because I'm recovered. I turn to my higher power. It's not in a bag or box. It is, I have different devotionals I read. I have different things that I do in the morning, a different ritual as far as thanking my higher power for my new day, writing a God letter. And it's just an amazing journey. And like I said, crap doesn't stop happening just because I'm recovered. No, uh uh-uh. But there is a way out. And what I'm finding out as each day progresses, I'm worth it. I'm worth the work. I'm worth what it is because I don't have to go to the food for the answer. I go to my higher power. And regardless of what you choose your higher power to be, it's as long as it's a power greater than yourself, and it's a workable situation, but it's just for today. That's all I have. I'm, tomorrow is not promised. All I have is today, and um, it's good to be back. And with that, I pass, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Naomi B., for your share. Um, Okay, Christina J. is up, followed by Tricia C. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning again, Dara. Good morning, everyone. Christina J., State of North Carolina, grateful to be abstinent today. And um, I really was thinking about this, and Higher Power brought an image to my mind of a river, a river, a beautiful river flowing, easy, and also a log jam in the river. You know, I walked around with faith all my life. I walked around with faith. Uh, And I walked around with God's faith. But I walked around with faith in myself. I have a pretty big ego, you know. Uh, On the other side is insecurity. So those two combinations made me run out and try to prove to the world that, you know, see my talents, hear what I can do, look at how smart I am. Uh, yeah, people tell me I'm beautiful, but I don't really believe that. So tell me again and again and again. I need to hear it again and again. Nothing would ever satisfy the ache inside my heart. And uh, this log jam is all of that. It's all of me. It's all the fear, the self-centeredness. This is honesty, the lies, the jealousy. It's a log jam of self. And in program, when I first came in, you know, I was like, yeah, I have faith in God, but I wasn't using that faith. I had faith in all these things that were log jamming me up. And this river was waiting to flow and knock those things out of me. And I just got this beautiful visual of a tiny little hand reaching up through those, through those logs with a white flag and saying, help me, help me, help me. And this program does just that. If you start taking the steps and do the work you're raising that little white flag, and you might get in the way. Oh, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in this. This is what I feel. It's I, I, I still getting in the way. 
And if you start to be, have awareness of yourself and your thoughts and your sponsor and your outreach calls, you can say these things and they can point it out to you gently. Hey, self's getting in the way again. That dis-ease of self is coming. We got a lot of work to do in this program to get rid of all that self, you know. And now I've got, I'm log jam up inside with uh, old wounds from 100,000 years ago. I mean, you know, I'm not 100,000 years old, but, you know, when I was a kid, these, these wounds are coming up that have never presented themselves before and how they're acting out in my life. So I'm raising the white flag again. And that's all I got to do is raise the white flag. And what does that mean, raise the white flag? It means cry out for help, make calls, have a great sponsor that I go to and I work the steps, you know, be of service to others. It's a simple program, but not easy. Why? Because I'm log jammed with all my shit. So anyway, <laughs> I needed to hear me say this, and I hope it helps someone else. God, God love us all as we trudge towards soul healing and recovery and become extraordinary, wonderful human beings in, in this world to help others. I pass. Great. Thank you so much, Christina J., for your share. Tricia C., you're up. You'll be followed by Silvana G. Go ahead, Tricia. Hi, Dara. Thank you so much for your service. And thank you, everyone, today helping out on the line. So appreciate it. This is Tricia C. Recovered in New Hampshire. Um, really grateful for this meeting. You know, it says, as everyone has said, imagine life without faith, right? And, um, well, I've heard it said, show me your calendar and your credit card or your bank statement, and I'll tell you what you have faith in. What do I spend most of my time doing? What do I spend my money on? These are the things I believe in, right? So we all have faith in something. It's just might not be God. Um, so I might say, oh, I believe in something. Like I believe in helping others, for example, or I believe in giving to people less fortunate than me. But when I look at my calendar and my bank statement, is that true? Is that really true? Um, I think you can see, I can see what I believe in by looking at those things. And, uh, you know, this works in my recovery too, actually. What do I believe will bring me ease and comfort? For example, am I taking little extra compulsive bites? Um, because that's what I'm going for, for ease and comfort from. Am I over-exercising uh, or under-exercising? Or, or am I over-exercising because I believe that will manage my weight? Like, what am I doing? Let's look at the actions, right? And that's what I have faith in. For me, it plays out like this. Do I believe that making the right decision and doing something correctly will make me feel okay? and will make me worthy or make me okay. Um, if I really have faith, you know, if I really believe that God is everything or nothing, what would that look like? Well, I guess it would mean that I would turn to God for direction, what, like 50 times a day? You know, pause at every little decision, every little action, or am I back in self-reliance? having self tell me what to do. So what do I have faith in today? Do I have faith in my own mind or do I have faith in God? Or do I have faith in these little things that I think will bring me ease and comfort or do I have faith in God? Uh, these are questions for me today that I'm pondering. And with this, I will pass. Thanks, Dara. Uh, thank you so much, Tricia C., for your share. Um, 
Silvana G., you're next, followed by Leslie. Go ahead, Silvana. Good morning. Um, my name is Silvana G. from Pennsylvania. Thank you for your service. And I want, just wanted to identify in as a compulsive overeater. And also um, uh, the part where it says imagine life without faith. Well, I don't have to imagine life without faith because I lived the life without faith. And let me tell you, I didn't even know it was because I didn't have faith. Um, it, it, my life was, it was not a mass of electrons. It was a mass of angry feelings. It was a mass of self-reliance. It was rage. Um, just a lot of, uh, a lot of emotions that I, uh, you know, that I had because of things that had happened to me. Um, so, you know, I, I lived a life without faith. I wanted, even I can recall being on a quest to prove that there was no God. I remember that clearly at about my early 30s, I at that point was, I had every oppression known to a person and I mean, like, I was a single mom, I was uh, struck with poverty, I was, had a, I had to learn a different language, um, you know, just a lot of things. And so I, you know, in my early 30s, I was out to prove that there was no God, because if there was a God, you know, why I had all these things, why, and, you know, why is this, like, why was my life the way it was when you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't out there trying to hurt anybody. But yet, you know, I was always on the receiving end of things happening to me. Anyway, um, so I don't, anyway, I, I, sent out to, I set out to prove there wasn't a God, but I found, I found exactly the opposite. And, and thank God I did because it was on my search to prove there was no God that I even felt. God is so funny because not only did I find God, but it was through my searching to, to to prove there was no God that got me into the recovery part of things. So I I know now for me uh, and and all the changes that have happened as of COVID, I know for sure beyond beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a God and He loves me and did not cause those things um, to happen, but actually is as a result of those things has made me a much, much better person. Um, and I am now today a living a life with faith. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Savannah G. Um, and Leslie, go ahead and share with us and please give your last initial when you do. Thank you. Hi, I'm Leslie C. Recovered in Montana um, just for today, just for this moment. And um, what I'm appreciating about all the shares and what I've been hearing and what I'm getting from this today is, um, you know, I'm looking at the things as several people have mentioned that I put faith in um, and how I've lived my life. And I am realizing those things that I've put my faith in, I am powerless over. I have no power. I am completely powerless. And so um, what can I do, you know, if I'm putting my faith in those other things, is I can pray for the willingness 
to put my faith and I looked up the definition of faith and that's complete confidence or trust in someone or something. So if I'm putting all my trust and confidence in these other things that I'm powerless over, I can pray for the willingness and use my willpower to choose and pray for the willingness to have faith in a higher power. And um, I'm seeing the set-aside prayer in a whole different light as a result of this conversation this morning. And so I've been saying it every morning, but I'm getting it in a whole different way in that I can let set aside prayer. I can say, it, you know, God, help me set aside everything I think I know about you, myself, about others, about everything that I'm putting faith in. And, um, and I get to have an open mind and I get to choose to have faith in you. And so, um, yeah, that's so powerful for me. So thank you, everyone, for your shares. And I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Leslie, for your share. Um, I think we've got time for one more, maybe two minutes and 40-ish seconds. So who would Leanne. like to be our last show? Leanne S. Go ahead, Leanne S. <clears throat> oh, hi. Thank you for this moment. Um, there's something that's been going through my mind all morning. I'm recovering from anorexia and compulsive eating. But I heard this kind of related to our topic, and it just keeps going through my mind all morning. Um, it goes like this. Um, I sought myself, and I could not see. I sought my God, and he eluded me. I sought my fellow, and I found all three. And um, that reminds me of how much the fellowship, God speaks to me through the fellowship and how important it is for me to have God's given people around me in my recovery. Because that's really the most uh, profound way that I get a lot of messages from God. When I seek out my fellows, even in helping my fellows, I seem to find everything I need. Like um, in the big book when it, it talks about the one sure way to stay in recovery uh, in to guard against this slip is uh, intensive work with others. And also just seeking, you know, like during the day I make a lot of phone calls because I need my brain washed. And um, the messages I get through, through the fellowship and through my fellows are undoubtedly from God. So I love that little poem. I just thought I would share it because it just kept going through my mind all morning. So that's all. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your share. Perfect timing. Um, thank you to everyone who shared today and to all those doing service, everyone who read. Thank you to our newcomer greeter, Hoodie R, and our host for the second hour, um, Nancy C. Please join us for that second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this meeting, the January 10th, 2023 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,837. That's 19,837. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Ramona A., will you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us, to you, and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your, fault, <clears throat> admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>